0: A new episode of The Truth or Death podcast starts now.
1: Hello listeners and welcome back to the TOD podcast. It's been 200 years and a journey to for me and Abel to come back together and actually finally have like proper episodes together because we've been having such a wild ride this year in 2022 um but we managed and we're back in the recording seats for special episodes, and today we're going to talk about fandoms and the chaos that comes with it. So, hello and welcome my Queen Ebel.
0: <laughs> hello Kenas, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are just going to take you a bit on the road
1: of like what fandoms we resonate with, stand for our history, what we think about it, and all that. Bumpy ride, I guess. So uh, the red carpet is all yours.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, fandoms, yeah, and the internet. I mean, we both grew up on the early days of the internet. So that's uh, how the fandoms really got to us. And actually my time is more on Tumblr than anything else. So (laughs) I don't know how it's for you, but Tumblr was definitely the thing that's got me to fandoms
1: <laughs> yeah 100 um i think the very first platform i ever had was twitter in connection to fandoms um back in the days when you could at least have a bit of decency <laughs> on twitter conversations um because yeah we both we're both kind of like millennials that grew up with the time when we were the people that were kind of like testing the first versions of certain apps um i remember when facebook came out in school and everyone was like oh my god do you have facebook now um and i was like i don't really know if i want it um and to be honest my history with social media is not a very nice one i've been off like i've been definitely like regardless like There has been so much drama on the internet and I've been targeted by supposed friends on certain social media platforms and stuff, um, which I guess did have an effect to the fact that back then it wasn't really called cyberbullying and I feel like a lot of elder generations were just kind of overwhelmed with, you know, is that really like someone is targeting you and stuff, Um, but it can have an effect, especially when you're younger and, like, you read something on the internet, you don't really shake it off. It's, it's more a thing of, like, and then it, it gets, even like, one of my most negative memories that I have is that when people just non-mention you. And it's just this thing of, can we actually have a grown-up conversation? And I'm definitely in, in the pile of, like, I have done these things, too. Like, it was not a healthy environment. But coming back to the topic with Tumblr and Twitter, yeah, they were both my platforms to reach certain fandoms. And I feel like, especially as a writer, everyone at some point has been in or around Tumblr, or, like, the conversation was in the room. And I remember back in the days, Tumblr was a lot of, like, GIFs, and just, you know, you see your your favorite tv shows cut together nicely um in some nice gifts um scene moments so it was more like a you're gonna retreat these scenes that you have just watched in your favorite tv shows and similar with twitter for me twitter was more like i'm just gonna put these thoughts here out and <laughs> now i don't have any of these platforms <laughs> anymore it's just i mean during lockdown, I was definitely in the K-pop hole again on Tumblr, and that's how I met actually two of my ocean besties, as I always like to say, Shyla and Ananya, and shout-outs to the Doritos gang if you're listening. Um, So the good side on these platforms is always that, you know, fandoms can connect you no matter where you are in the world right now, and especially with the pandemic still standing in the room, even though we have moved on from the darker face of it it gives you a connection to people resonating over the same stuff so that's always the good side on fandoms and going back it's really hard to say what my very first fandom was because like there's so like i mean if you want the real og i would say it's definitely anything connected to tolkien and obviously harry potter like that's the very like I read the books when I was very, very young. Um, So that was kind of like the first touchdown that I had and definitely Harry Potter has been a massive influence in my life, but I want to point out on this point, I do not stand with anything that JK says against trans people. You are all very beautiful the way you are. I stand with you. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. We are with you. so, uh, so yeah, I it's a bit of like it, it definitely has changed over the years for me on how I like connect to Harry Potter. Like it's so wild. I don't know how you feel about this, but like for us, it was childhood, and we're now kind of like in the same age range as the as the cast and stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, I absolutely agree with everything you just said, but I was just thinking about what. My real first fandom was when it wasn't called fandom because I didn't know back then it was a fandom, but I was also alone in this because the really OG thing for me was Supernatural, yeah. And it was 2006. I mean, (laughs) I was alone in this, but there were a lot of people watching it, but I was kind of alone in this. Like, Sam and Dean Winchester were my heroes, you know, (laughs) 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 and I've been watching that series for how many is it 20 is it 20 years already i'm yeah, sure like with no it's not six like 15 or something i don't know whatever so supernatural was my first uh quote-unquote fandom and then when tumblr came no wait a second i just remembered something oh my god the tv series lost Do you know that one? Yeah, I've never completely (laughs) seen it. Like I've, it, it was, so
1: growing up in Germany, so obviously we're still from the age where there was no internet and stuff. So before we had, or like at least my journey before I first had my laptop, my very first laptop to watch stuff on my own. And obviously that was back in the days when streaming platforms didn't exist. I had, um... It was literally just me looking. Okay, what's on the TV program right now? And then you just watch these TV shows, but so randomly because depending on like what type of series it was, it had different streaming times and stuff. But Mm. this is how I got in contact with Supernatural for the first time because I remember it that I I'm pretty sure it was like in year six or seven. So definitely technically too young to watch this. <laughs> um, but I remember it was uh, so. There's a there's a TV um, a TV channel called ProSieben, and um, that's where they streamed uh, Supernatural. And I think it was the first or second season that came there. And I got so fascinated. Like I've like I'm definitely always been the kid that was interested in horror and mythology and folklore. Like I always went for these kind of like TV shows, even though I was. Um, still a teenager so that's what what I loved about Supernatural and the very first seasons um so that's how I fell into that hole so I relate
0: <laughs> so back to Lost. um so that that's actually how the internet craze for me really went down because I don't what what's the English word for forum like internet forum I would say platform to an extent but but Obviously, so
1: Abel is trying to describe a word, uh, which is kind of like, uh, so you get to this web page and you have your own account and you log in and then you have these, it's almost like a secret society. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure well, there's a word for that, but uh, yeah, like the specific website for a TV series, like you yeah. can just go on and, and post things so people can react to it. Um, yeah. So that- It's a bit like Reddit. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like it used to be a very specific thing or at least in Germany.
0: So um, that's where my crazy theory phase started. So (laughs) I remember that very vividly. But um, then later on uh, Tumblr came and everything went down. (laughs) But um, yeah, Tumblr really kicked off like all the fandom stuff because when I joined Tumblr, i was in the my chemical romance fandom and that was very wild because i i had i can say it here i had a my chemical romance fan tumblr blog (laughs) with a lot of memes and such so that was very very wild ah yeah i remember the times
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's yes, for me, I mean, to be honest, like, the way I see it is also, I mean, for example, with K-pop, I feel like it's also, like, the way I stumbled into K-pop, which then, if we talk about music and stuff, would have been one of my earliest impacts. And, like, back in, oh my god, I was, like, 15, so, like, over 10 years ago, when K-pop was a whole different thing and a whole different industry, I so so the way I actually got into it was so <laughs> I was a weep I was a weep in my early teenage years so anime um was a big thing for me back then and I got into k-pop through an anime or radio that I was listening to um during my school times and at some point they had brought up um some k-pop songs and I was like oh this is not Japanese, this is Korean, but I kinda like it. And that's how I and then YouTube, like the very first days of YouTube, that's how I got into K pop because it was kind of like the first access on how you could get into certain things. And then at some point there was a meetup where I live um with people meeting up um to to have the same interest stuff in, for K pop. And that was quite cool and interesting for me. And that's kind of, like, how I slipped into the whole Asian scene in general. Because it wasn't just the music, but it was an actual thing. Like, it was kind of, like, a clicky thing. Like, that was my first first experience with, like, something that had also a cultural impact on me. So through that I started to dance, through that I got my first Asian boyfriend crush, which my parents don't know. Um, I mean, I have to, like, I'm going to say it as it is, I come from a village which is blatantly racist and absolutely not a place where you would go and have, you know, especially not 10 years ago, where if you say, hey, I have an Asian boyfriend or I have a crush on someone that is Asian, oh my, no, (laughs) no. So it was kind of like part of my teenage youth, how I discovered the industry and how I got into it. But obviously K-pop back then was also like, from any experience that I ever had in certain fandoms, to be honest, I don't really miss it that much to an extent. Like the way I used to be so involved, it was very toxic as well. Like there was so much drama all the time and people were just, I don't know, it was almost bizarre because like, I had this experience in the K-pop uh, world, but then also one of my main, main strong fandoms. And that's how... I mean, we stumbled together through Shadowhunters and I I think The 100 a bit as well, because that was yeah. the the time when these two fandoms kind of, like, were quite heavy, because mm-hmm. the TV shows were quite present, and, um, especially in Germany as well, with the Comic-Con culture. Um, but yeah... I, like I don't miss it like looking back at it I was so much more in an unhealthier state like I definitely had some very good moments and I'm very blessed that you know I mean obviously we met through fandoms kind of Mm -hmm. um but I feel like there's so much toxicity to an extent as well and I feel like it got a bit out of hand these days as well on the internet where people are just and it's difficult because like sometimes it's like you know everyone has their own opinion but to what degree and to what obsession because my experience has been that people even got so nasty over having different different ships and different opinions and stuff and I do think for example let's take cosplay I think it's important that we have cultural conversations when it comes to cosplay and stuff but on the other hand I'm a person that truly believes that the people that for especially teenagers i mean it might be different with the generations nowadays because there's so much more diversity cultural impact and understanding on like what you should do what you can't do compared to what we had 10 years ago but at the end of the day i'm also like you know unless you know that person personally and know them to an extent you shouldn't just judge and assume just by seeing something on the internet or just you know i mean for example like the reason why i definitely deleted twitter and all these other platforms the only platform that i now have is instagram is it's so distracting for anything that is not connected to my projects and my vibe and my style anymore like i feel so much happier staying more productive being offline for example even if it's just you know meditating reading a book or having these podcasts with you makes me so much more satisfa- satisfied at the end of the day than to go on the internet yodel about something and then most likely also like it's a pattern that I definitely had to train off because I'm I'm someone that is very you know vocal about a lot of things um. but to then go oh you know having these nonsense discussions to an extent of like which character you like or like it's such a huge topic. Like some people are just like, I just like the character. It's not that deep. And then other care like other people have this and I'm definitely in that box too, this emotional connections to characters because these characters, you know, some some of these characters they portray our youth or they portray our darkest moments or they portray our happiness to an extent. Which is then interesting if we count to my favorite characters. <laughs> um, but um yeah I think that like what I would like to see just for future generations, is just, you know, take a deep breath and maybe not jump onto everything that is just out there because I used to be like that too. And it's just, if I could, ex- like, I don't regret it, definitely, because it's all part of the process. But if I could just take the energy out of the room that made me so miserable to an extent with certain circles and exchange it for just happier moments in life, I would take that. That's very sad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely agree with everything. But I was kind of always very lucky to never be involved in any drama because I never gave a shit. Like, I, I don't even understand some people on the internet. So whatever. The internet is the internet. But uh, one thing I want to go back on is meeting people through fandoms. That is literally the best thing that could have happened to me because that's how I got to what I'm doing now. If these people weren't there, um, I wouldn't be doing what I am doing now. And I'm so grateful for all the people I met like in the past, like through the last 10 to 15 years because these are the people who always pushed me and showed me that... I can be someone and have a name and have good work that I produce. Especially because they were always like my uh, victims in the photos. So, (laughs) But um, I wouldn't want to go back to fandoms because I think I'm getting old now and don't want to be involved in fandoms anymore. I'm not that, let's say, I'm not that attached anymore like I was in the past as a teenager. And I think that's okay. I mean, I'm enjoying things now, but I don't need that heavy to hard, uh, deep diving into feelings things. Um, So I think it's good how it is and uh, I wouldn't do it any other way, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm similar with you too. Like, I. (laughs) okay, so this is going to be interesting. So last year, (laughs) which season two came out, And I feel like this had a massive change on me on, like, how I want to put my own work into the industry as well. Um, Because for me, it's like... I mean, there are definitely fandoms that I still feel strongly connected to. Um, There
0: are many, many, many. Many, many.
1: Like, (laughs) for example, as I mentioned, Harry Potter, I can't erase the fact that it's been part of my childhood or I can't erase the fact all these memories and moments that I've been through with this... You know, like, I've been in the cinema with every single movie. I've been sitting there reading the first books. Like, that's something that I will value and appreciate. I'm I'm very thankful for. Um, I think it was Julie that was saying to us, um, isn't it crazy how we still experience the world where JK was the most rich person or something like that? And it is crazy to an extent. But this is why I'm also so, like, the way I look at the industry now and the ways things are written, like, We have definitely had a progress in certain areas on queer representation and um, loads of like stronger improvement on like more diverse castings and stuff. Definitely like I'm always someone that watches completely diverse. Like I've never I mean, if I would have to pick my favorite genres, it would be fantasy, horror. And then I guess coming off age, if you would give it a label because or any kind of like university stuff or whatever that just doesn't give you. Where where you don't have to sit and you just you know can just enjoy the drama of teenagers. (laughs) Uh, um, Speaking of, I don't want to be involved, (laughs) Um, but it's uh, for me it's also the thing. uh, Like I definitely have have TV shows where I'm just so excited because you know you have been in touch with one of the actors or you have been in touch with some of the writers behind the scenes. Um, So it's for me it's like the way I've grown into these things now is that I just look at it differently because, you know, I want to put my own stuff, like I've always been putting my own stuff out, but I feel like as we grow as people, there comes at some point a realization of like, you know, and I recently had this realization of like life doesn't stop. So if you don't start writing these stories now, the time doesn't stop. It doesn't stop for anyone. So you might as well start writing these stories and trying to put it out there. Because for example, I've been recently dugging into a lot of like, author interviews from all authors across the genre. And um, I feel like when we talk about fantasy, Lever Dugan, Cassandra Clare, they are also strong big names. And I feel like, and this is what you see with every writer out there, despite if you like the content or not, they have always been writing, you know, whether it was fan fiction first, and this is, I, I want to give this away as well. So fan fiction was like the phrase, the coin, Phrase was termed by cis heteronormative men. I just want to put this out there because I feel like there's still a lot of stigma. It was originally coined because there was a discussion in the Trekkie fandom, which I think is hilarious because it's like it sounds just like a discussion of men not being capable to sort out their feelings. And (laughs) (laughs) it's just, um, it was coined because there was uh, a Star Trek person or a fan or whatever and they had printed their own version of a story of something in a magazine and then it got a massive shitstorm and that's how it all came together with fanfiction but i feel like whether and this is something i want to give as an impulse as well not everyone has the privilege especially at a young age to come up with these ideas these characters the the creativity behind it like sometimes we need different fandoms to get a bit of an idea like this is an actual activity that i usually do i throw my characters in a world that is mine to see how they would react just to figure out how they would you know what, what would they like if we take harry potter for example what would be their stance is pro voldemort or as a pro you know uh, pro Feen- order of phoenix and stuff like that it can help you to understand the depth of certain characters but also um coming back to the topic I see it similar as well like I'm for example I'm on the discord Grisha server and I do like I'm I've become despite being vocal and here on the podcast I've become a silent watcher to an extent like I I, memes are always great and like um I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube but for me it's more to like I love like I've come to the perspective of I love the behind the scenes process I love hearing cast talk about their process their input how they went into this role what they thought what happened on set and I feel like this is also a good way to learn from it because when you look at these things I mean my my big my big opinion is that at every set there should be you know kind of like a coach or a mentor or something to you know help the best productions to life anyway but um, i feel like it's so interesting for your own creativity but then also to just stop at some point and just do your thing despite because the thing is with we can't like you in my writing you would definitely find influences from the fandoms or the stories that i've been growing up with like no like anyone is guilty of that tolkien stole from my norse country basically <laughs> so like um everyone is every writer is to an extent guilty of that we all you know do our research create these stories and 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 uh, characters but I think what is important is that you know you just do your thing despite whatever and I feel like the stakes are even higher nowadays because diversity has become such a high high topic
0: mm-hmm.
1: in media and stuff so it's like Like, I don't, like, this is the thing, I don't feel pressured anymore, like, where the first two books that I wrote, because, and this is something that Lee Badugo also changed in my opinion on the way I see things, she herself said that, which I don't burn, All all she wanted to do was just write a book. It didn't have to be good, she just wanted to write a book, and I think that's fair enough. Like, I think especially when it comes to writing, some writers, they just want to write a book once in their lifetime. Some writers want to do it for a living. Some writers, you know, there is, it's so hard to put just one Arthur in one book's box only. Like, I definitely know that even though despite the fact that fantasy is now becoming the biggest thing for me and what I want to put out, the other thing is also that I'm not going to limit myself to fantasy only. I want to tell stories and inspire people. And if you resonate with that, that's great. And if then, not, that's also okay. And you can just, you know, step out <laughs> in a way.
0: <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say is that, especially for us as artists, I think fandoms make you a better artist. Because you have something to hold on to and some people who give you something back. And I think we should, um, I mean, for me at least, I I would never forget these things because they give you something that you don't get somewhere else. Because you're sitting at home and your parents tell you, oh, you're doing great art, but (laughs) that's really not uh, the thing you want to hear, you know but um, having a fandom and having people who understand where you're coming from is i think very very important and to i people think it's who do also art. yeah i think
1: it's also one of the most powerful things that connects us nowadays in this yeah. especially social media driven diverse time where if and i th- i wish that when some people are listening to this they take that away that you know because this is what this is some of my experience that people fight over a character. I mean, first of all, it, it's, it's a fictional yours. character.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a fictional character, you know. And I feel yeah. like this is especially the way we connect to characters. Um, you can't. I mean, we can all have a similar experience, but at the same time, it's also like it depends like no one can take like no one should take that away from you you know like no one should make you feel bad for liking this character because I like to think that people you know because there's obviously always a different like giant discussion on for example if you like the bad guy and a psycho or a serial killer or whatever which is usually my trope. for me it's just because i just can't get into very superficial characters like i just don't care i don't care i need something underneath the surface i want to know where the background is coming from and then to even more level that up it's also interesting for me then to see what the actor does with it how they work on the process where it's coming from and all that kind of stuff so like this is a complexity that i've been falling into but then also i do still have characters that fall in complete different boxes like it's very dependent on the genre and what i'm watching and who's portraying it like sometimes obviously i get connected if there's an actor that i've been following or watching for a long time and then obviously i'm interested to see how the how layered they are in the acting for example um but you shouldn't feel bad for liking certain characters and you shouldn't takes like you shouldn't talk someone down for liking a certain character like it's just not cool like take that as advice if you're a younger listener just don't and don't engage with that as well it's just so negative um there's so much negative energy to it and stuff um you know just uh Make sure that you do what makes you happy at the end of the day. And if, if there's someone that is constantly disagreeing with you, I think the best thing is also to just, you know, let that connection go because especially in fandoms, you find those people and then those people and that's okay. Yeah. I think that's a good last word for, for this note. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this special episode talking about fandoms. Feel free to email and message us about fandoms. You can find us on Instagram um via our websites and stuff like that so go out there and you know have a great time in whatever fandom you're diving into bye
0: bye bye